Welcome to Factum Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, industry, the science community, and policymakers to hear their stories and views on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week on Factum Agri, Pania King joins me to discuss her role in the flood response and recovery from the East Coast floods. Pania joins me now. Hello, Pania. Thank you for joining me today. Kia ora, Ankers. Kia ora, Koto Katoa. Please, can you tell me about yourself, where you live, and a bit about your work? Sure, Ken. Um, well, I'm, I wear many hats, and um, first and foremost, I'm a farmer in Matawai. I'm a wife to Eugene King, who's a farmer and a very passionate farmer. Um, and I am a mother of four sons who um, strongly believe that the rural sector is part of our life and our well-being. Mm. Um, when it comes to um, mahi and mahi tahi in, in Pairawhiti, I'm part of a team with the Rural Support Trust that is taking care at present of response and recovery. Um, and then with my beef and lamb NZ hat on, I'm a Whenua Māori advisor um, for Tairawhiti. Other okay. hats that I wear is a supporting and le- leadership role in the rural hub that has been supporting the CDEM here in Tairawhiti while we mm-hmm. have been in a national status um, for emergency. So, yes, very busy. Mm. I know you have been heavily involved in the flood response, and you've just mentioned that as well. Firstly, how are you and uh, your family all okay? Um, yes, I'm okay. Um, you know, like everyone else, it's been a mammoth 13, 14 days mm. um, for those who have been initially involved with um, response and still responding, if I may add. Um, mm. My family is okay. I'm very lucky that I have a very supportive um, husband and supportive children that support me on my um, journey to helping others through these trying times. So tell me, where were you when the rain arrived and at what point did you realise things were becoming serious for East Coast communities? Um, so one step back, we have been... Um, actively watching Cyclone Gabrielle before um, it hit Aotearoa Mm. Um, and obviously looking at the devastation that it caused as it moved through the east coast of our country. Mm. Um, We were well prepared when um, it hit inland Tikitiki and Mm -hmm. um, which is the top of the east coast of Tairawhiti. My family and I were um, hunkered down at our second property we own in Ormond mm. um, because I needed to be close to town to support the CDEM and our rural communities and farmers, actually just Tairawhiti as a whole, um, once we knew we were going to be impacted as um, it was, wasn't was clear how impacted we would be. Mm. Um, so my husband actually came down from our main farm to be to be with myself and our children and support me and our children um, when it was needed. Mm. Yes. Sounds like you've got a wonderful support network there. Are all farmers accounted for, do you know? Yes, I do now, and I confirm they all are. Part of the response 
plan was to make sure that we were connected with every every farmer, every find rapid number was mm. was approached, called or connected to to make sure that um, everyone was accounted for, not just farmers, but all of our communities here and people in Tairawhiti. That was an action that had come from Chief, the senior police, mm-hmm. um, and that task was was done and it was done well. Mm. Fantastic. Can you tell me a bit about the devastation some farmers and communities have faced in terms of infrastructure and the impact the floods will have on their ability to earn money, not only for themselves, but uh, of course, uh, feeding into New Zealand's exports? Um, yeah, the, the impacts of devastation is going to be massive. Um Re-infrastructure, we have a lot of um, bridges, so access to farms, businesses, homes um, have been destroyed. Mm. Um, There's a long haul ahead to how we are going to um, be providing that access back to our farmers and our rural communities. Mm. Their ability to earn money is is quite reliant on their access access issues Mm. so i'm feeling once access has been um the scope of access damage has been assessed properly and then the needs assessment comes into play re-recovery mode um we will have a lot more intel on that as we um head down that track but i do know that our farmers are worried about access because um, we are needing to have an exit strand of stock um, to get off farm before winter kicks in, mm. um, and we do have a lot more rain coming at us. Um, and the other issue is, um, if we can't get them off farm, this potentially could become a animal welfare issue. Mm. So, how are communities currently rallying together? Um, so we've just been doing community by community, but um. We're resilient people, our rural communities and our farmers. We we have a plan in place that, you know, we rally together and we support each other when the need is necessary without mm. being asked. I think it is just a natural value that you have as mm. country folk. Mm. Um, and then because we're well resourced normally on farm, so we're well prepared for events like this, but also taken into account that we support our urban friends quite well. And when the when the message is out that our our rural friends are in need of help, I I can say that our urban friends come to the party and give us the help when it's needed. Mm. Well, that's good to hear. And you're right. Look, rural communities and farmers are resilient. And I, I mentioned this last week, but also there is a limit to that resilience, of course. Uh, and indeed, no one is bulletproof. I'd just like to quickly talk about. Pine tree slash and the role this has played in the carnage left behind by the flood. What is your view on pine trees in general and their role in our rural communities? And of course, uh, the role that slash has played in this event. Yep, um, that's a really good question. And um, if we go back one step in, I know that I have mentioned um, that farmers and rural communities um and i'm speaking rural as in tidafati because we're, we're an isolated place and we consider ourselves rural mm. um the well-being of of farmers 
and community members um, and the Tairawhiti as a, as a whole is a concern. Um, and then when you add the component of slash and the devastation that slash um, has brought to us, um, not just in Gabriel, but in the past, um, we need to look at how on March the 8th in 1988, when Bowler hit us, um, we had a plan to stabilise and look at land use within Tairawhiti. And I suppose this is a runoff effect um, because it's harvesting time of mm. all of these pine trees. So part and parcel of the devastation um, that these cyclones and flooding events and so forth have brought to us, Slash plays a big part in it. And I'm thinking, um, you know, not not all. We can't, and this is not the right time to be pointing the finger, but it's nice course, to mention yeah. that we we do um, we do know as locals and farmers and rural communities the devastation that slash causes mm. um, throughout our communities on our properties and so forth. Um, I do think that um, the slash and the sediment, um, if slash and debris was removed from the normal BAU as in foresters, mm. um, the co and the cost that is worn and paid by forestry enterprises is not um, worn by community at large. Mm. But the, I personally think that it is not good enough to be leaving slash and debris on hills. Um, mm. And then when we've got adverse events, they are um, they are. They are pushed over the boundary fences or foresters into other land uses and destroyed some of their businesses and processes. And as is, farmers are quite devastated about that. Mm. Um, so it's at a higher level that um, maybe practices and consent should be looked at. Um, and this is just my personal um, feeling as a farmer. Yeah. But also looking at um, the high profit and low cost way of determining land use in um, Tairawhiti and actually through Aotearoa um, mm. I think should be considered daily um, because we need a more sustainable um, land use to make mm. sure that New Zealanders and our land in New Zealand is utilised in the best way for a more sustainable future for our moko and so forth. Mm. Mm. So what is needed in your view in terms of exotic forest and slash management in this country? I guess that's first and foremost. And and secondly, who's currently liable for slash? It appears that certainly at a policy level, no one's liable currently. You know, you're right. Um, no one is. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I um, I think that there needs to be a better process for foresters as in re-cleanup and what's left on the hills. Mm. Um, and actually the, the percentage of riparian planting that is part of their, the foresters' planting plan. How many metres should they be away from our waterways? There mm. should be no slash left in our waterways. And we, when we do get adverse events like the one we've just had, I know that any form of tree was not going to withhold or stand after the looking at the volumes of water that came down those major waterways and tributaries um, that caused devastation and brought the slash down onto farmlands and so forth. Mm. But I would say um, if we looked at other uses of land and 
we didn't just have the economic return or the high profit, low cost way of determining our land use. I think we can do things a lot better. Mm. So getting back to the issue at hand, which is, of course, our rural communities on the east coast of the North Island, where to from here in terms of the cleanup? And is the right support in place in the hardest hit areas currently? The hardest hit areas have been identified, Angus, but um, I think everyone's doing their best. Mm. Um, with comms down through the first five or six days of this event, it made things really, really, um, really, really hard to be in touch with the right people, to reach out to people with, when and where and how the support was needed and where it needed to be dropped. Um, but we are well on the way um, of, or two, sorry, to having a um, recovery plan. Um, we're hoping that each sector can come together and unite to make sure that we have unity within our plan and our delivery. Um, we've had real good all between farmers and growers here in Tairawhiti. We had a fantastic um, attendance to a meeting um, last Thursday. We had industry partners there to support and inform uh, of funding and um, support pathways um, for a better recovery for some. Mm. So I think time will heal and we don't want to rush ahead knowing that these other heavy rainfall and adverse events that potentially could um, hit Tairawhiti because we all know that we're in the midst of um, cyclone season, mm. but we do have in back of mind that we are heading into winter as well. Mm. How can people help? Um, I th we have a lot of resource coming into Tairawhiti. I know that um, stock feed would mm. be really, really appreciated and mm -hmm. helpful to farmers that have, um, have lost a lot of finishing country and feed. Mm. Um, the amount of round wool bales that I've seen going down the waterways in the first one or two days of that event was was massive, was huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I do know with a lot of finishing country that is covered in silt and mud. Mm. Um, obviously, fencing is a huge issue. Um, so initially identifying how we can um, support and stand up the boundary fences, the road fences the, and so forth. Um, fencing material mm. um, is another identified area that is needed Um we have been involved in iwi response to fencing material going into whenua Māori and Tairawhiti um, and also other, other farmers in Tairawhiti as well, where is needed, identifying the most needed areas that are needing that significant support ASAP. Mm. So if a farmer's listening out there who has spare feed they would like to donate, or fencing equipment they would like to donate, what's the best course of action for them? Um, if if they would like, they can get in touch with myself via our CEO or our people in Wellington. Mm -hmm. My contacts are on the Beef and Lamb website, which okay. is um, pania.king at beeflambnz.com mm -hmm. or 027 342 
I do have a supportive crew on the ground who is helping me coordinate feed to the farmers that are most in need. So um, I think it'd be really appreciative of um, if there was kohad feed for our stock and kohad um, putia or even fencing gear, we can coordinate it properly and get it to our farmers that are most wanting and needing that support initially. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your work that you're doing and stay safe. Thank you, Angus, and to all the farmers out there, um, keep your head up. If you're worried about any of your neighbours or whanau or farmers' wellbeing, please get in touch with our Beef and Lamb crew. We're here to help. Um, there's only a small crew in the Beef and Lamb team, so um, please be patient, but we are trying to reach out and support wherever we can. Thank you. Kakite. So who's going to pick up the bill on all the pine tree slash that has caused what I would call an environmental catastrophe on the east coast of the North Island? Is it the taxpayer? Is it the farmer? Or is it going to be the forestry industry? For years, myself and many others have been calling for the forestry industry to be reined in. The environmental disaster caused by forestry on the east coast is just one example of why forestry management and the ETS needs changes made. More to come on this. But for now, farmers in the hardest hit areas need support and there is a call for feed. Farmers, if you can help with feed, it could be the difference of livestock and farming businesses making it through the winter, which is just around the corner. How can you help? Get in touch with Beef and Lamb and they will coordinate any offering you have. Head to their website for contact details. The challenge is real and the problems are only just starting to take effect now. Thank you for listening and catch you next time.